broadcasting live from Dr. Evil's Evil Lair. This is Pop Culture Reference, your one-stop reference for all things pop culture. I'm one of your hosts, Seamus Connolly. And I'm your other host, Gareth Strother. I thought you were going to say Mini-Me for a second. Mini-Me doesn't talk, Seamus. Oh, what a legend. But we're not here to talk about Austin Powers. We're here to compare one James Bond film to Austin Powers. We'll get into it during our main segment, which is going to be coming out in about 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> I do not understand how it made it through an entire studio without anybody going, is this just Austin Powers in Goldmember? Is Daniel Craig trying to do an infinite K-turn on a little cart right now? What is happening? <laughs> That's the director's cut. We're going to kind of jump right into our uh, main segment today, which is following up for last week, still in prep for next week. We're doing... Skyfall and Spectre today. For the sake of consistency, cue cue the transition music, because there's no news. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. For today's main segment, we're going to be covering the third and fourth Daniel Craig, James Bond installments, Skyfall and Spectre, respectively. Very nice. This is a interesting double feature this week, Garrett. I, I remember liking Skyfall so much more than, honestly, probably most of the Daniel Craig Bonds, and it definitely still held up a lot for me. And I will say maybe I've seen Spectre in a little bit of a new light. It still is not without flaw in a lot of major, major ways, but I think I might have judged it too harshly uh, when it first came out, but I guess we'll get into that a little more as we go. I have had the opposite reaction, Seamus, <laughs> where no. Skyfall was a very important film to me when it came out. I just started high school. It was this sleek, adult Bond with all of the like these references to older Bond films that I liked, but also it was its own thing, and I really was taken with it, and I saw it multiple times in the theater, and I probably hadn't seen it since like 2013. And it did not hold up for me quite as wow. well. It's still definitely the second best Daniel Craig Bond movie. There's no contest there. But it's just not what... I think my letterboxed review... Here, let me let me pull it up because I'm trying to remember exactly how I said it. Ooh, you need the receipts. I, okay. I thought it was thematically fitting. I said, it is not to me what it once was, but it's still pretty damn good. And that's kind of what the theme of Skyfall is. Sure, yeah, that's like exactly what it is, you know? Spectre, I hated even more this time. I <laughs> no! really, there is almost nothing I like about Spectre. It's not Quantum, where it's just like, this is a sure. movie that's not very good. It's like there are things I actively engage with disliking throughout Spectre. So I think it'll be nice that you and I, because I think last week you and I were very much on the same page of... Yeah, Casino Royale is one of the greats, and Quantum of Solace is a movie, and that's it. Yep. Yeah, and we got this... a little discourse this week. It's yeah, interesting. Ooh. Subversive. I will say, Spectre still definitely swinging and missing on a lot of the stuff that I remember, for sure. But, you know, I will say I probably was waiting for it to turn for a lot longer than I thought it would. I, I think it was, like, an hour too long somehow. Like, they added in what seemed like insanely gratuitous it's elements of so plots that do long. not fit. They were throwing a lot of ideas together that they could have maybe skillfully folded into one another to cut, like, 40 minutes. Like, no joke, maybe, like, an actual half an hour off this whole movie, but... And spent more time maybe on, here's the thought, characters. You ever yeah, think about on... spending time on characters? <laughs> on the most iconic villain ever? No. What do you mean? I really enjoy a lot about these movies and what they introduce. I think Sam Mendes is a good director, and I think his action set pieces are really impressive and visually stunning, even if I don't find them as tight or compelling as the Casino mm -hmm. Royale ones. Sure. Skyfall, I think, is probably the most influential action film of the last decade. I remember, like you said, seeing it when it came out was like, it was truly iconic. And I still think, like, incredible in many ways. Because obviously it, we'll talk more about this in spoilers, is so clearly influenced by the Dark Knight. That's, and I think Mendez has said in multiple interviews. So in true Dark Knight fashion, Seamus, uh, you either 
die a hero or live long <laughs> enough to admit that Skyfall is overrated. Oh, no. I'm still not there yet. I'm still not there. What do you think of, uh, you know, the iconic Adele Bond theme, Seamus? I'm, st- I'm still into it. I-, I think that song slaps pretty hard, you know? Even for just, like, a regular pop song, I think Adele has got a lot more to offer than a lot of other, like, modern pop uh, musicians. This felt very Bondy. It was a hell of a lot better than Jack White and... Who was the the, other, the quantum song was so bad. I'm Alicia sorry. Alicia Keys and Jack White. Yeah, I, think. I love Jack White, Garrett. I am a fan of Jack White's music. That song was bad. It was a bad song. They're trying to do "You Know My Name" from yeah, Casino Royale. That's exactly right. They're going back to basics a little bit with Skyfall, which I appreciate, and it sounds like Adele. It works. It's a good. It's a very compelling opening sequence. I mean, it's beautiful the actual credits of Skyfall. Because it also ties in with like what's diegetically going on in the movie in that in that great intro in Skyfall. I, I want to talk about this in conjunction with the Sam Smith Writings on the Wall song, yeah. which is just <laughs> dreadful. It's one Not of the worst Bond songs. <laughs> Definitely. It, you were saying it last week. It's like it's an imitation of its more successful counterpart, you know. And also the opening credits themselves, I don't find particularly compelling in Spectre. I like the moment where M's face appears in smoke and then billows away. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's some fun skeleton imagery to go with the Dia de los Muertos intro. Besides that, yeah, because I'm a fan of a big, long, grandiose Bond intro, you know? Those are always super fun, but the Spectre one just wasn't hitting the spot as much. I'm fully expecting a kick-ass finale intro with the Billie Eilish single for No Time to Die. That is an excellent song. It's really good, definitely. It's a combination, almost, of the first two Daniel Craig Bond themes and the last Mm -hmm. two Daniel Craig Bond themes, where... It feels like a Bond song. It's incorporating, literally has parts of the theme song in the soundtrack. But then it feels more modern, more poppy. It's a breakup song, which is so Mm. weird. Breakup, finale, ending in many ways may imply some characters no longer being of the connected universe in a way. Maybe it's... uh... Just paying that homage, obviously, to an era of James Bond that's, for all its ups and downs, been truly iconic and incredible. I mean, Daniel Craig is going to be James Bond for as long as he lives, even if he's this is his last one. Also, do you know that Spectre originally had a different song? Really? What was the song that they had before, before the one they chose? Radiohead did it. It was called Spectre. What? You can listen to it on Spotify. It is really boring. It's just uh. <laughs> it's kind of it's not dynamic at all. I don't think it would have made a very compelling theme. I understand why they cut it. It's probably worse than the one that they went with. Okay, I thought you were about to hit me with like they totally messed up and it's so much better, but uh, it's really I, I would... sad. It's really dark. Do you want to get into spoilers? Do you have any other spoiler-free thoughts you want to get into? I still like Skyfall. And that Spectre's really bad and you shouldn't watch it, even though you probably have to watch it to go see this new one. (laughs) Oh, yes, you most certainly, I'm pretty sure, absolutely do. Let's get into spoilers, Seamus. Yeah, man. Skyfall, I'd like to hear, because for me, I don't think it necessarily got better. I think if I was going to rank my hierarchy, we might have the same order of Casino, then Skyfall, then Quantum, then Spectre. That is exactly how I would rank them. Yeah, so... Even though we have our differences, I think we're, that we're on Skyfall, the same page. We're we're pretty much on the same page. My previous thoughts, my teasing out of my my new thoughts on Spectre, as you can see, fully does not change my opinion about it as a whole. I think it had a lot more fun moments that I might have glossed over previously, trying to put a lot of weight on what Spectre was going to be. With the introduction of, you know, Christoph Waltz as as the Bond villain and going into it with absolute rock bottom expectations kind of <laughs> yielded a good viewing. So you might have mentioned it just a couple minutes ago. It feels like they're way turning into that campier 
cartoon Bond stuff in a lot of the stuff they're doing versus in Skyfall, they get dark. They get into that broken James Bond psyche that they set up a lot of in Casino, for sure. The first two Craig Bonds are Connery Bonds. Like, they share the most DNA with Connery Oh, bonds. sure, yeah. Skyfall Inspector, I think, share the most DNA with more. It's a real tone shift. I mean, they really try to keep that through line of, like, this is sad bond doing sad bond things but it's yeah it's wild man i think he feels like a completely different character in these movies than he does in the previous two going from watching these in quick succession casino royale again i am just blown away by i have nothing Mm -hmm. but amazing things to say about casino royale and the way that it is engaged in deconstructing the character of bond the bond mythos and dealing with the more problematic elements of that character's history. Quantum kind of is on board for that still. It's still doing Mm -hmm. the same kind of stuff. The way that he treats women in Quantum is more in line with the established Craig Bond. He doesn't have a sexual connection really with the main Bond girl in Quantum of Solace, and he actually cares when Strawberry Fields dies. So there's more gravitas, I think, in Mm -hmm. Quantum... And then we get to Skyfall, and Skyfall, when it came out, was celebrated for, and it was something I was excited about, this return to Bond iconography, that Q is back, the Aston oh, Martin is love back, Q. gadgets are back. The gadgets. Ugh, the gadgets. Gadgets being loosely here. Oh, a gadget. Yeah, gadget radio. Um, It's very intentionally and thematically tying back to those older Bonds, because it's all about being a relic the old ways sometimes are the best ways they say that like four times old dog new tricks during the shaving scene you get it yeah yeah everybody got it they made sure of that and that felt on this watch after seeing how inventive casino royale was in reinventing the character it felt like this film was betraying a lot of the work done by Casino Royale to bring this character into the 21st century. I think ultimately the decision to rely so heavily on Bond iconography and nostalgia is not only a misstep for Skyfall, but what laid the groundwork for what comes in Spectre. That watching Skyfall this time, I really felt the actual trajectory of how Mendez was heading into Spectre and heading into the territory that is just implosively bad which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, man. There's a lot a lot of the, I think, safety net that was behind a lot of the old Bonds was they can have this staple character that doesn't necessarily need to change a ton, and they can play around with the fun that they know they had at their disposal, all the gadgets and the fun missions. They go to the moon, whatever spy car you want to do. And then they're trying to shoehorn that stuff in with an arc of a more grounded universe with a more grounded character, like you said, that they were doing work on in those first two, you know? And then they just kind of decided, like, it almost feels like they were trying to decide too early, like, we got to start wrapping up this bond, like, during Skyfall, you know, with three movies to go, basically. Yeah, Skyfall feels like a finale, almost. Yeah, right? And that's what also... drops off a lot for Spectre too because it feels like a good like they're doing good work in Skyfall that just kind of falls apart in Spectre in a lot of ways I think it's not just the cutesy stuff in Skyfall that falls down for me although I don't like it when he's like oh I'm gonna eject you or um (laughs) (laughs) you don't like that (laughs) I don't think that's funny I don't think it's funny when he's like oh the latest thing from Q Branch a radio it's too winking at the audience I like Bond one-liners in the first two Craig Bonds where he's just being funny. Like, he's just being fast. Like, you can see it. Like, he's just a quippy, fast person as James Bond, the character. But yeah, you're right. They did write in a lot of, like, overbearing stuff for that kind of that kind of humor. But I think the stuff that really irks me is we're back to treating women like disposable objects. That we do all the work of... When he's in Macau at the casino... And the woman comes up to him at the bar and they have the whole talk about how she's she's been in the sex trade since she was 13 and she's just abused. Like, honestly, a pretty similar uh, backstory in a lot of ways to the story of the character from Quantum of Solace, Camille. Mm, yeah, yeah. But then immediately the movie turns around and has Bond sneak onto her boat where she doesn't know he's there, find her 
naked and exposed in the shower, and he doesn't force himself on her, but it also doesn't feel super all the way consensual to me. And I mean, it does very much like even when they're talking at the bar and it's like, hey, let me holler at you and I'll save you from Javier Bardem when he he knows absolutely nothing about Javier Bardem and his whole scheme, which is, you know, what ultimately gives us that five whole minutes of Bond girl in Skyfall. Because the Bond girl in this movie is M, really. The Bond girl is you wouldn't say Money Penny might be up in there. I mean, Money Penny. I really like the relationship between Money and Penny and Bond. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Oh, but Money Penny has to be behind the desk because that's where Money Penny goes." Yeah. And she's a woman. And <laughs> she's like too that. emotional to be in the field, and I hate that. I think it's so stupid. Like he hits her in the beginning with the field work isn't for everyone, and we're like, "Oh, she's gonna prove him wrong," but then she's like, "Nope, you proved me right. It's not for everyone." <laughs> Even though she saves his life multiple yeah, times, yeah, multiple movie. times is in the field as his partner, like specifically his partner, and she's just like, I it don't made know. me so mad because this movie, I think the M stuff is so good, and then it totally. just turns around and is so misogynistic to every other female character. Is Money and, Penny gonna be an agent in the new one? Is that something I saw in the trailer? You know, she's in Spectre, obviously. Oh well, yeah. Again, she's doing field work in Spectre, so why isn't she just a field agent still? It's oh, yeah, because that's true. Money Penny's she's... a woman and she belongs in the office, I guess. But like, Agent Money Penny would be a kick ass spin off or just even just a direction for that character to go in. Why does just What doesn't need and... to be the secretary? Damn. Naomi Harris is so good at it. Absolutely. She's a... She plays it so well. She's flirty, but it's not, like, obnoxious. That Bond energy, which is exactly what he needs to be, like, you know, he's playing tennis with her, just hitting it back and forth, and it's... There is something to that that pads that weird, misogynistic turn that they take of... She's at least, like, handling her own as, like, a person, if not, like, professionally in the field, where she probably should be anyway. And I love the um, the shaving scene between the two of them, and it mm-hmm. paints them as equals more. Even like obviously she's shaving him, but it doesn't feel like a servitude thing. It feels like a oh yeah, trust it's a trust building thing for sure. Thing, especially with a straight razor. And I remember when this movie came out, straight razor sales went up like seven hundred percent or something. <laughs> <laughs> I totally believe that straight razor sales and neck stitches. Next, yeah, no kidding, because I <laughs> oh, think... it looks awesome. I would slit my throat immediately if I tried to <laughs> shave with a straight razor. I guess Naomi Harris practiced on a balloon that she would shave a balloon with oh, a straight razor. Was that a real straight razor in that scene? Apparently. Is that what you're saying? Oh, wow, that's really cool. I don't just want to talk bad about Skyfall, though, because I really do admire a lot oh, about the, it. Javier Bardem, he is incredible. I think out of everybody in these four movies so far, and I love Lashif. Mads Mikkelsen is one of my top intense, perfect villain casting actors. I, I hate to typecast them both, but I feel like Lashif doesn't have, you know, he gets wasted by Mr. White, like before the third act. And Javier Bardem gets to do so much as like the craziest of the most unhinged villains of the of these four so he's the best bond villain at being a bond villain of the craig yeah once even when we get to like the torture chamber inspector which is like as unless he had a laser it couldn't be more bond villainy javier bardem still trumps it in just like motivation he's just like evil for the sake of revenge which is already inherently evil the writing is just so much better in skyfall i think of the villain i think the peak of Skyfall, it's the most iconic thing from Skyfall, probably, other than the Hong Kong fight with the windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the reflections, love that. The, the peak of Skyfall is Javier Bardem's introduction, which is just that, like, three-minute oh. long-take elevator rat speech. So evil. Timed so perfectly right up until he gets right in the camera lens. That is one of the only things of that movie that I remember so much more crystal clear before I rewatched it. I didn't even remember that it was like a long take of that like slow, slow stroll, and it's so perfect. The tension in that scene is so palpable, and the mm-hmm. way that the scene is explored, the dynamic between Bond and Silva, 
changes so many times. You've got the little quip about a Bond having slept with men before. I love the power dynamic in that sequence. And then they go do the, the shooting the woman out in the Which the I plaza. think for as much of a waste as it is of that character, that woman who was like, honestly, for the short scene at the bar... She was very, a very good actor. Like, she was giving a performance of an incredibly scared person, like, very believably. And I think it does a lot to establish how Silva sees, like, human life and pawns of his own game more than anything. But you aren't wrong when it's, like, truly a waste of that character in a lot of ways. Even with the intensity that they build up of Bond taking his shot first and missing, it's something. There's a lot of give and take with that kind of scene. Now seems like as good a time to bring up as any that this movie is absolutely gorgeously shot by Roger oh, Deakins. Yeah. He he doesn't miss Seamus. It's so good. It's filmed spectacularly, like truly a very well, well done. I feel like some of these Craig Bonds fall into some other stuff. Like I feel like Spectre had me a little, a lot of desert stuff didn't really catch me. But uh, this movie specifically was, was incredibly well done with the but, island, the tunnels that they go into after mi6 gets blown up yeah i love the the tube station underground mi6 i think that's so cool and the opening sequence where it's out of like the bana as bond comes in but he's out of focus only to come (laughs) when he meets focus he has that perfect little eye light on him yeah dude I was having a great time just with that, like, 20 seconds of screen screen time intro was really hitting the spot. It knows how to build that character. If you compare the opening sequence of introducing Bond in Skyfall to the closing sequence of Bond leaving MI6 in Spectre, they're trying to do this same thing, but one is really working and one isn't because, you know, you've got the the slow elevator door open with Bond backlit and heroic at the end of Spectre. Yeah, I'm yeah. here for my my Aston Martin, and then he drives off. We'll talk about Spectre more in a minute. Because, <laughs> but the last 20 minutes, I was just yelling at my TV screen about how stupid that movie is. Yeah, dude, what? We'll both have plenty to say about that, I think. I also want to point out that Casino Royale Skyfall are not only the best shot of the Craig Bonds, but they share the same editor, Stuart Baird who is a phenomenal editor. He also has directed a few films that are not quite so good. My favorite of his films is the Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal vehicle executive decision. He has edited the two best Craig Bonds, Skyfall and Casino Royale. Die Hard 2, which is a pretty well-edited film. Oh, yeah. Superman, Lethal Weapon. I think it speaks to that there's this extra level of craft that is elevating these two bonds that aren't present in the others. Because I mm-hmm. think Spectre looks awful. I think it's one of the worst looking blockbusters I've ever seen. And I hold that probably honestly to the fact that one, it has an over-reliance on CGI. We talked last week about how bond films are always a reaction to what's popular at the time. Sure. Yeah. And we also mentioned earlier in this episode that Skyfall is very much wearing its Dark Knight influences on its sleeve, and that Spectre is a product of the Marvel era. That it's trying to create this origin story for Bond, it's trying to create this interconnectedness between the Bond universe and this overarching plot, and also it looks like a Marvel movie. It's got that weird, desaturated, hyper-CGI'd grayness to it. Yeah, man, all all those shots of, like, downtown London were just like the grayed out New York streets of any other pick a Marvel movie pretty much. So it's a lot of that and a lot of like, I don't know, it just, it was boring. The scenery felt boring to me like a lot like Quantum, but in in a lot more of a, like you're saying, like that gray way, uninteresting to look at. Even when they did get to the Dr. Evil layer, which I thought was very funny. Do they plant bombs? Why does the whole place blow up? It blows up like, like a cartoon. Yeah, he blows up, like, one thing. That's the biggest (laughs) movie explosion of all time, Seamus. When it was happening, I was cackling. It was insanely comical. I could tell that it was the biggest explosion because it made no sense, and it was out of place and weird. Going from the hyper-intense Bond being tortured with the drill things. Yeah, the drill hands. 
and her watching her own father commit suicide and all of that stuff to like, oh, we're just running around shooting guards. It's like a, it's a Call of Duty mission all of a sudden. That's wild. It's truly, that was pretty weird too, the whole suicide video. Let's talk about Spectre, I guess, now that we're here. Even in the name is already showing what is wrong with it as a film. Bond names have to be weird, right? That's the whole idea. Sure, that's that their bad. There are no straightforward Bond titles. Because even if they are seemingly straightforward, like there's something from the plot, like Skyfall or Doctor No, out of context, those make very little sense and they're kind mm-hmm. of weird. Yeah, absolutely. I see what you're talking about. Spectre is over-relying on intertextual iconography to sell mm-hmm. you on the concept of Spectre. Not that Spectre's not a cool word, because it is, but it doesn't have any kind of Bondian obscurity to it. It's just Spectre. Yeah, you'd think with the amount of times they say stuff about, like, working in the shadows, they would be able to, like, whip up something with the with Spectre in it that would sound, like you're saying, like, it's usually, like, a f- sentence fragment that is insane to say. You know, it becomes as iconic as the movie lets it. Gold yeah. finger. It's weird, but that movie is famous for a reason. Quantum of Solace isn't just called Quantum. Quantum exactly. is a word alone, but Quantum of Solace is a Bond title. Exactly. You know, Skyfall is a double entendre between the actual name of the place and his spiral into whatever, being old and sad and not equipped for anything. His spiral into whatever. I think that's a good, I think that's a good summation <laughs> of Spectre, actually. A spiral into whatever is, that is really such a whatever movie. It's like they set up for such direct stuff to happen in No Time to Die, which I completely forgot about. Nothing matters, even though they're, like, making it matter. I'm so sorry that you don't have a working knowledge of the Mission Impossible franchise. (laughs) Oh, is is this a Um, tie-in right here? There were three James Bond movies that came out in 2015. Spectre, (laughs) which was an actual James Bond movie. Right. Kingsman which was a James Bond movie, and oh, yeah. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which is a James Bond movie. And Spectre Weirdly was enough, the I worst saw... of the James Bond movies that came out that year. <laughs> I saw all three of those that year. Even only having seen Rogue Nation, I would probably rather watch Rogue Nation cold than watch Spectre again. I don't want to go down a Mission Impossible tangent, because Rogue Nation is the first one with the Syndicate, which is like the Mission Impossible version of Spectre. Sure. It introduces a main antagonist that's going to be like this Blofeld-esque mirror, shadow, whatever you want to say, of Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise's character in those films. Mm. It introduces that character, makes him so threatening, and makes you understand why Ethan needs to stop him and why this mission is more important than the missions that have preceded it on a personal level for Ethan. And it's not because they used to be brothers or something. Oh, the <laughs> dumbest. So stupid. My father taught James Bond to ski for, and this is a quote, two winters and it turned me into a psycho madman. Two winters is all it took for Christoph Waltz to lose his mind. And it just feels so stupid and forced. The okay. picture that's burned, and it's like Christoph Waltz's face is burned. and The idea that Lashif and uh, Green were working for Spectre makes sense, because they established that in those movies. Um, yeah, they're they like, there are they're... bigger organizations that they answer to. But I mean, then Silva yeah. retroactively working for Spectre makes literally no sense. <laughs> yeah, he's just crazy and angry. He's not going to be like... Oh, yeah, I'll be regulated by your council of... Like, did they put out a casting call for just, like, evil-looking chaps in suits for that scene where they're all just standing around? Batista walks in and puts them all to shame, and he's, like, the crowning jewel of Spectre is what I'm declaring now, but... Him and Q, because Ben Winshaw's yeah, yeah. is such a good update of that character. He's so totally. likable and funny, and he has a good rapport with Bond. Totally, man, Totally. But yeah, Batista him, him is doing a really good job, considering the fact that he's given nothing to do. He's given one line, which I think is insane, but he's got a, he's got a lot of fun 
like I was I was comparing him to Jaws and Oddjob before. He just like he's big, head henchman, metal thumbnails that he just like squeezes this guy's eyeballs until he's dead. And that's the secret, though, is clearly they're trying to make him this odd job Jaws esque yeah. figure, but then they don't have him do anything that matters. <laughs> yeah. They get rid of him really quickly and frankly pretty easily. And so they don't earn the status that they're clearly trying to do. And they waste Dave Batista, who I think is a great actor. I fully not remember he was in this, so I was pretty damn happy that he walks in like a absolute monster and just sits down after squeezing that guy's head and you're right he they like put him in a cgi sports car for half of his screen time which is just terrible car chase oh it's uh, so bad it's not good i'll take the ejector seat though i know i was kind of dunking on this like kind of sillier bond stuff that they're doing inspector but that seems like a craig bond thing to do which is yeah you don't care that you stole this db10 and <laughs> are, that it costs $3 billion or whatever Q says it costs to make, that he's just this blunt instrument. He's going to crash it into the river and then eject out of there. That makes sense to me. I think that's in character. Oh, yeah. And then the little classic Bond pleasure of his feet in a tuxedo just gliding yeah, to the just ground. Yeah, just absolutely floating down. It's kind of like the Quantum of Solace action sequences where it just feels like we needed to make this <laughs> yeah. action sequence eight minutes, so it put in... Eight it's minutes so... of stuff. I and really that... like the opening until I don't. Oh, the Mexico City, the Mexico the City Muertos assassination, and where it's the that... one big long shot, and then I love him assembling the gun while walking out on the edge of the building. Yeah, totally. That's cool. And then the second that building starts to collapse, I lose interest in that sequence. Yeah, you'd think they would like have some fun with all the masks and costumes in a chase like that, but they like abandon the costumes and everything as soon as they're out there. And there's like a angels and demons helicopter thing going on and there's the really bad CGI building falling onto Bond and then killing <laughs> yeah, like, a yeah. bunch of people in that hotel that he doesn't care about. And then he does the stupid fall onto the sofa thing. Yeah, that's, uh, they, they were like... trying to do the thing from the Skyfall intro where he jumps into the train and like fixes his cuffs a little bit, but it did it, not I like hit. that, actually. Oh, I, I like that part, too. It does feel in line with Bond's uh, proclivity for using big construction machinery to destroy everything around him. It oh, does not favorite. feel in line that the Craig Bond would care about fixing his suit, but it's a cute little moment. I don't mind that. Little bit of character poking through of like, quick tidy up, and then we're good. I do like it when he goes to the widow's funeral and it's Monica Bellucci and like that. I think that whole sequence is pretty good, actually. That other long take of her walking through her house with all the like assassins behind her out of focus, I thought was pretty nice. Yeah, I think that's cool. And it, and you know how that sequence ends. You from the second you see her, you know Bond's gonna come and save her and seduce her and everything else. Oh yeah, yeah, classic. But I don't style. mind that so much. I think it works, and I feel like they have a genuine human connection in a way that he doesn't have with his other love interest in that movie. Dude, <laughs> how are they gonna? Are they gonna like kill her off? Like Born do the opening style, opening scroll. Well, which which Born <laughs> is it where they kill his girlfriend? Dude, I don't even remember the difference between those movies unless it's with Renner versus Matt Damon. But I mean, like, they're going to open, open and crawl of No Time to Die is going to be like, <laughs> war the in the MI6. <laughs> Somehow, oh. the sheaf has returned. Dark magic only the Dutch knew? <laughs> is he Dutch? <laughs> It's not a story MI6 would tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with her. I think she's going to have to end up... I think she's going to betray him in some way, like a, in classic yeah. Bond girl fashion. I guess they already covered Strawberry Fields in oil, kind of akin to gold. But th maybe they'll just kill her off in a super dramatic, evil way. Maybe. I don't, I don't know where this is going yet, and I don't really care to. <laughs> yeah. You and I were talking before the show, do you think... Bond will die, and I think that would be so exciting if Bond died I in I no would kind of love it. Yeah, me too. I think that so much of Daniel Craig Bond is about how he is like wrestling with his dark identity as a agent and a lot of what that means a lot of like you know the rules of the game Bond, you know this is the way it has to be. Don't take anything personally because your life is basically as expendable as the people you kill. So I think if he can find 
like that character if he can find a way to have that more emotional meaning to his own life before he ends it in a way that'll probably save the world or save whoever i think that would be pretty satisfying i i real quick back when we were talking about monica bellucci and her whole deal they name drop felix which i did not remember who felix Leiter? who is that the cia agent from the first two movies oh i must have missed that name drop that that's that's interesting Oh, I want I want him to come back. If he's at No Time to Die, I'll leave that theater happy, even if Daniel Craig's in the ground at the end. He's, like, almost as much of a friend as he could get outside of, like, M, who was basically his mother. <laughs> really? Was that the subtext there, Seamus? Oh, yeah. We, well, oh, I already forget the line. Mother's been naughty. What does he say? Uh, mommy was very bad. Ah, oh, what a creep. Love him. The genuine sexual tension and romantic chemistry between Vesper and Bond in the first one is so palpable and makes that movie work. And I think it speaks to the larger trend we talk all the time on this show about how movies don't have sex anymore and how when they do, they're bad at it. Yep. And I think that Spectre is exactly the same problem of its romantic leads have no chemistry. Their romance feels forced and rushed. She says I love you to him like 48 hours after he killed her yeah, father. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, she goes from like, like I'm going to call security to boot you from my medical office to staring into his eyes. I'd know that face anywhere. I was like, what are you talking about, man? You sleep with a different woman like every three days. They have no chemistry and they don't really do anything that compelling together. The only time that I really feel like they actually genuinely have an adventure together is when they kick Dave Batista off the train and then they have sex. And then it's the third act of the movie that goes on for 45 minutes. Dude, that third act is a wreck. I was like looking at my phone to see what time it was every three hours during that third act. And it never, (laughs) the time never moved forward. Blofeld is so wasted in this. Also, who cares that it's Blofeld? That's the other thing. It's kind of like the Khan problem from Star Trek Into Darkness. Bond fans already know that that's Blofeld. Non-Bond fans don't know who Blofeld is. So you're just fighting a losing battle when you're doing it. There's no middle ground. Exactly. And just also having that... And I might be just, like, ignorant on this point. Was Blofeld always James Bond's secret adopted brother or is no, that just a stupid thing completely new for this movie that like so dumb blew my mind that they would go so i know we've been joking about it that is literally the ending of gold member it's, it's that they're secret brothers it's so Spectre stupid and austin powers three are the same the crazier part is in that math equation gold member is greater than specter in like every way and it's it got a guy that eats his own dead skin in it as like a as a bit it's the insane that that Austin is powers better. movie is superior to the worst daniel craig Bond <laughs> film it's just true <laughs> the math checks out on that truly talk to me about the weird q finding silva's and green and lashif's dna on the yeah. ring that bond had <laughs> that a, like that makes no sense that's what it was it was dna i that's thought it was as stupid sa- as like i thought that's fa- what he said prince or something i don't know Oh, the exhaustion after that movie wrapped was just absolutely real. I, I'm unless they try to make up for a lot of what they were trying to set up with the Blofeld and the Bond retiring again his... for the third time in <laughs> every <movies>. movie. <laughs> they set up all those problems Bond has in Skyfall after he comes back. It's like depression, not mentally fit for the field, physically unwell and then they fix everything except for his clinical alcoholism between those two movies he is still swigging that's one of the really cool things about skyfall is that it is actually committed to this idea of the rundown bond because they have the pull-ups when he's doing pull-ups and he can't do yeah, them he collapses after they leave the room i thought i i always love that and then later when he has to hold on to the elevator and he like almost falls yeah like, yeah it's the simplest bond thing but he can't do it he's struggling Speaking of the end of this movie and classic Bond, the terrible, terrible stinger of him getting the Aston Martin back from Q and driving off, I just hate it. Like, they didn't even need to put that part in. Just roll credits, man. Like, why did they have to 
<laughs> bring me back in for something that I could not possibly have enjoyed. I don't know. This is the most disappointed I've ever been leaving a movie theater. I was so excited for Spectre, and I mean, weren't I we was all so upset <laughs> leaving it because <laughs> there's almost nothing in it that I like. I feel like I remember leaving the theater like mostly okay, but still floored that they just made Christoph Waltz boring somehow. I was like, how did they even manufacture the math problem to make him a boring person on screen? And they they pulled it off. It's because he has no characterization beyond being like weird, crazy Blofeld. The love story, it doesn't click. The bond elements of it don't click. The action isn't compelling. It's just not working. It's just a movie that is off. And again, I'm so sorry to say it to Skyfall, but I think that Spectre, the things that I don't like in Spectre, I now see being teed up in Skyfall. In by Skyfall? Oof. And that's yeah, just... that's one way to retroactively start to needle at your your thoughts about Skyfall, but maybe and... they'll turn all of this around in No Time to Die. I don't know. May I feel like maybe that I feel like I try to justify a lot of the stuff I consume to be enjoyable, even if I'm like <laughs> agreeing with myself that something isn't good and enjoying it. But if it's gonna be akin to the Spectre stuff, I ah man, I really let's just say I really hope it's more Skyfall than Spectre, even if Skyfall is a little bit still rocky. I'm setting my expectations realistically. I don't think it's going to go back to being Casino Royale. I know that. Oh, absolutely not. This isn't going to crack. Maybe it'll... I, if it's as good as Skyfall, I'll be ecstatic. I'll be yeah. I'll be like, this batting average has rounded out pretty well. I'm not, I'm not too upset. Three if, out of five is fine. If it could be a solid third place in the Craig yeah. Bonds, I think that would be great. I think... Better than Quantum is the goal here. Yeah, which... I mean, I mean, I don't not know that. if that's a realistic expectation. <laughs> what? I was going to say that that's not a, a far target to shoot for. Imagine if I had told you after Skyfall came out that the next movie would be worse than Quantum of Solace. Oh, wow. I would I would slap you across your face, Garrett. I wouldn't believe you. Exactly. I've got a crazy uh stupid stupid nitpick with Spectre, but it just <laughs> what do you makes got? me mad because Spectre is so much more of a direct sequel to Skyfall than I remember it being. Yeah, it really is. And in the way that Quantum is a direct sequel to Casino, really. In Spectre, Q gets mad at Bond for bringing back the Aston Martin in such bad shape, even though the implication in Skyfall is that that is Bond's personal Aston Martin. He even makes a note, this is not a company car, it's my own car. The one, I'm assuming, that he won in the poker game, in Casino Royale. So why is That's Q right. mad at him for bringing back the Aston Martin in pieces when it's not Q's car? <laughs> that, that's very true. I mean, you could say, like, oh, he's got to fix all the gadgets or whatever, but, like, that's not his car. He, he always gets uppity about the car when it's like, this is state property, ball 007, don't drive it into a river this time. No, Skyfall is, I think, great. Mainly because I associate Javier Bardem's insane performance and, I don't know, I like the old Bond Manor showdown. I think that's a lot of fun. I think the minimal weaponry versus, like, an attack chopper and a bunch of, you know, Home Alone trapping the lights. I thought that's a lot of fun. And it's thematically relevant. You know, it's all about... Yeah, exactly. Going back to his, his origins, his... His his connection to like humanity versus his role as a machine for the system and kind of that going along with like his foil with Silva of like I'm a chewed up spit out agent that M threw away and you're the same thing and he's like well I'm not because I'm better than you I'm James Bond I can overcome when I'm faced with something like that. Also I think that's the most consistent feeling part of Craig's characterization in Skyfall is this idea of like he's an old relic and that goes in line with this like brute force that he is that computers require savvy and all this kind of weird ones and zeros nuance that the fact that Q is this little scrawny boyo Q is still doing making moves with code and like you know fixing his glasses while he you know does work but I do love his scrabble tile mug that says Q on it 
Oh man, I hope I'm hoping we get more cute. I'm hoping we get more gadgets. Damn it! Give me the freaking exploding pen. I know they made the joke, but Seamus said, "Hey, you know how we've been talking about how these last two movies were less good because they're leaning into the gimmicks of old Bond." Hey, hey, we <laughs> talked about the ejector seat. Damn you! I want stuff like that. <laughs> give me, don't give me the invisible car. Give me the submarine car. That's what I want. Oh. That's that's realistic enough. Spy who loved me. That's a good one. Do you have anything else to say about these movies? These movies? No. I think we've I think we've dissected them quite thoroughly. I'm excited for No Time to Die. I've got high-ish hopes. I maybe that's going to be the downfall, but I, was gonna... I think that if we can get a solid landing here, it will have been a net success of a Bond era and I'll be I'll be really excited for it. I mean, even if Casino Royale were there and there were four or however many crap ones afterwards, I think it would still be a success of a Bond era because Casino Royale is just a revelation. <laughs> Casino Royale does enough work of like an entire generation of Bond movies in one movie. And as far as I'm concerned, it really does. It's and so it's so good. <laughs> like these three weeks of us talking about this, as, like as of next week, is just all going to be like Casino's great, huh? If anything, I would say revisiting these films has lowered my expectations for No Time to Die, which is probably for the best. But what do you say we head on over to our pop culture reference this week, Garrett? Let's do it, Seamus. Today's pop culture reference is the history of the James Bond organization Spectre. SPECTRE, originally standing for Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion, is the shadowy organization that is the primary opposition to James Bond and MI6 in the books and many of the films. The leader of SPECTRE is Ernst Stavro Blofeld, Bond's arch-nemesis and most iconic villain. Blofeld and SPECTRE first appeared in the Ian Fleming Bond novel Thunderball, and were at least mentioned in most of the Sean Connery Bond films, but before making their return to the big screen in Spectre in 2015. Spectre and Blofeld were at the center of a legal dispute regarding the film rights to the novel Thunderball between Bond creator Ian Fleming and producer Kevin McClory. Fleming eventually settled out of court, with the Thunderball film rights, including the rights to Blofeld and Spectre, being given to McClory. McClory is also responsible for the unofficial Bond film Never Say Never Again, which included Spectre and featured Sean Connery in his last turn as Bond. In 2013, MGM purchased the full rights from McClory, including Spectre and Blofeld, allowing them to be included in the Daniel Craig films as the now non-acronymed Spectre. The late addition of Spectre into the current James Bond storyline has led to the retroactive assignment of all previous Daniel Craig adversaries to have been working for Spectre and Blofeld all along and is rumored to have a major role in the upcoming No Time to Die. Yeah, a lot of the Spectre stuff they've been introducing late in the game here feels a little shaky, but I think that they might have a way to, you know, tighten it up a little bit when No Time to Die comes out, depending on uh, how much they are actually going to fall back on Spectre. Seamus, tell me, were you somebody who is interested in having them bring back Spectre to the modern Bond era before it happened? You know, I watched a lot of the old James Bonds out of order, not digging too far into the lore of the books, uh, jumping around eras without kind of keeping with a consistent Bond for, you know, any given amount of time. I would just kind of pick ones that sounded like they had fun names. So Spectre wasn't super on my radar when the uh, Daniel Craig Bonds started up again with Casino, but by the time we were kind of in the thick of it after Quantum, I thought they had just decided to write around it, maybe focus on more original ideas like the stuff with Quantum or maybe just go a different direction entirely. But uh, what about you? Did you Were you kind of expecting that return? I was definitely interested in them bringing it back. And with the organization Quantum, back then I didn't really understand how the rights were working. So I didn't understand why they didn't just make Quantum Spectre, which of course now they have. Right, yeah. I think the way it's implemented now just feels so forced that I'm retroactively like, uh, did we really need to bring Spectre back? Yeah, maybe they, with this last one, they can, they can stick the landing, like I said, and make it a little more worth it to have brought in Spectre in name so far down the line. But with that, what do you say we kick it on over to save the rec center? Now it's time to save the rec center, where we give you our weekly recommendations. Garrett, what do you got this week? 
Well, I know you started off your spooky recommendations a couple weeks ago, but I am going to bring in, since it's, it is officially October, we're recording this on October 2nd, it's going out October 3rd, a film that I knew nothing about has become quite the little Halloween cult classic, uh, I think since I saw it, even, but I still don't really hear talked about Adam Wingard's The Guest. Have you seen this, Seamus? I have heard nothing but incredible things about that. I have not seen it personally, but I've heard that it is really, really good. It is just a spooky, bizarre time. It has a tone unlike any movie I've really ever seen, I think, in that it is this campy, stupid horror movie, but it takes itself at such face value. It's played so straight. I, Man, I love it. That this sounds that sounds great. Dan Stevens should be a superstar and that he just keeps getting bad roles. But the guest. Yeah, the guest, I guest highly ta- recommend. It's on Netflix right now. So go check it out. Don't right go on. don't look up anything else about it. Just Ooh, go, yeah, just yeah, go yeah. with good word. Absolutely, dude. You you don't give bad recs, so I'm I'm there. I, I need I'm I've been definitely in that spooky mood for sure. But my rec center is actually probably maybe the exact opposite of that. It's um uh, another video game that I've just been I I haven't been getting real hard into anything like I'm a big story video game person, but I'm on the cusp of that PS5 which I've been teasing myself with forever and I just kind of threw on a game I never really gave a second thought to. Cities Skylines is basically just Sim City that we all got for free a couple months ago on PlayStation Plus. And it is absolutely delightful, Garrett. I don't know if you have checked this one out yet or if you even have it in your library at all, but it is like Sim City meets Civilization, just super easy, low stress, lots of fun, goofy. You can kind of put it on while you're doing other things too, and like the time goes on its own and you just kind of watch your terrarium of human beings it's definitely more relaxing than some of the other games i've been playing and if garrett somebody like you who i know is a really busy man and you just kind of want to screw around and not get too bogged down in a video game that you can just kind of play for 15 minutes to like three hours if you get sucked in like civilization then city skylines it's definitely a bizarre but fun one i enjoy those kinds of games every now and again i don't get super into them i'm not so much a simulation guy but it is nice to have some casual experience to fall back on but i think that wraps us up this week if you want to reach us on social media you can hit us up at pcr underscore podcast on twitter on instagram and on tiktok if you want to drop us an email that is popculturereferencepod at gmail.com with any comments questions or suggestions and you can find us on facebook you can find us on YouTube, like and subscribe, leave us a comment. It yeah. sounds like I have more to say, but I don't for it's some reason. True. That's just the way my sentence ended. <laughs> <laughs> well, James Bond will return in No Time to Die <laughs> next week's main segment. Ooh, I cannot wait. One way or other, good or bad, I can't wait to see what, what's coming, man. I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped.